Driven mofos, I'm guessing that you found out about this podcast because someone shared it with you, posted it on their Insta stories, tweeted it, or something like that. I hope you're enjoying the podcast and getting a heap of value from it, just like those who shared it with you. As you know, I don't run any paid ads or sponsorship on this podcast, as it's my goal to get good information out to the world for free. The only thing that I'd ask from you is that you continue to pay it forward by sharing this episode and letting others know about what we do in this podcast so that we can keep growing this amazing community of driven mofos. So please keep the good karma rolling and share this episode with someone or just share it on your socials. So the other day I was on a call and someone said your prices are too high. Now this is how I navigate the situation where someone underestimates your value. The most driven people in the world want to build great empires and leave a great legacy. This podcast, The Underestimated Entrepreneur, is my attempt at documenting the lessons I'm learning on my way to building a $100 million empire that helps people perform better in life and business. My hope is that you use these lessons to live a kick-ass life while building your own empire and leaving a powerful legacy. I hope you share and enjoy. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about how to navigate situations where people do not see your value, whether it's personally or professionally. Let's talk about it. Driven mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. Before I get started, massive shout out to Bridget for sharing our podcast on Instagram. Thanks for tagging me in that post. I really do appreciate it. And thanks for leaving a review. I really do appreciate it. All right, Driven Mofos, let's talk about what happens when someone underestimates your value. Now, this is why the podcast is called The Underestimated Entrepreneur, because I spent my life being underestimated. Now, this happens quite a bit, where someone will say your prices are too high. Now, how do we navigate this? First of all, it's important to dive down deep. You'll hear me consistently talk in this podcast about going below the surface level of just what things are. We can look at things above the surface, but normally most things happen below the surface. You know, if your grass starts to die, it's probably not what's going on above the surface that matters, it's what's going on below the surface. So I like going below the surface to figure out what's happening here. So first of all, when we go below the surface, this person is essentially saying, I do not understand the value. So when they're saying your prices are too high, they're not rejecting you, they're not saying anything bad. They're just saying, I don't understand the value. Now, I've had this happen quite a lot as a coach, When I was a personal trainer, 11 years ago was the last time that I did any personal training. It was about 11 years ago, and I remember there was a time probably about two or three years prior to that where I was charging about $75 an hour for a personal training session. Now, that was probably just a little bit higher than the average price. I think most trainers back then would probably charge maybe around about that. Let's just say that was the average price. But I was booked out solid. And so I would be working 50 hours a week doing personal training. I had some other stuff on the side as well that I used to do. I'd be doing classes and a whole bunch of stuff. And I was starting to get burnt out. And I had a backlog of people waiting. Then this one day, someone said to me, why don't you put up your prices? And I thought, oh, shit, how do I, like, how do, I do that? I'm just going to piss off everyone. And I thought that if I jack up my prices, everyone's going to leave. Well, what I found was it was really interesting because I did double my prices. It took me probably about two years to get to a point where I just went, you know, fuck it, I'll double my price. It wasn't the pricing that was the issue. It was my self-worth that was the issue. Now, I doubled my prices. I went from $75 an hour to $150 per hour. When I did that, straight away, I thought I'm going to lose half of my clientele. That was the goal, actually. In fact, I thought if I double my prices, I can lose half my clientele. I will get back. 50% of my time I'm giving up by working with all these people. What I found was I had a 10% drop-off rate. So I put up my prices, essentially I doubled my prices, I put up my prices by 100% and I had a 10% drop-off rate of clientele. And it also opened up the door for other people who saw my value at that price. Once I got to that price, I thought, shit, that's just, that's the price. 
Now, over the years, I've had a lot of people ask me, how do you set your pricing? Well, you just pull it out of the air. Like who knows what anything's worth? How did Apple decide that a phone is worth $1,200 or $1,500? They didn't. They just sort of figured out what will people buy and what's the maximum profit that they can make. Now, if they put it up at three grand, they might find that if they went from $1,500 to $3,000 for a mobile phone, they might find that they get a 70% drop off. Now, would that be worth it? Probably not. Essentially, people in marketing and sales are always looking for what's the maximum return. So they want to find where can we get enough clientele at a big enough price point where we can sell enough product in order to make the biggest amount of profit. And in your own life, it's the same thing. You know, when there's a lack of people in a certain industry, the price of those people are going to go up. But when the price goes up, you're going to have more people come into that industry because the price is high. Then eventually the price is going to drop and there is going to be a struggle to charge a good amount. Now, this is what's been happening in the building industry. You have a whole bunch of people that, or a whole industry where there isn't enough people in order to do the work. So then people just keep jacking their prices up because if you want a plumber or you want an electrician, you've got to pay for them because everyone wants them. So that's the price. And if not, then you just don't get shit done. So that's good for a while, but then more people enter the industry. And as more people enter the industry, then the price starts to decrease. And then it's harder in order to price point or set a price because some people come in and they will undercut because they want the work. Then you have to decide, do I keep putting my prices up? Do I keep my prices the same? Or do I reduce in order to compete with those people? Or here's the key. Do I find a way of showing my value in different ways? Now, if you're smart and you can explain your value in a different way, or you can show your value in a different way, then you can put your prices up. So as an example of this, if you've got, let's say you're in a trade-based business and there is a whole bunch of people entering into that industry, or even I'll use a builder as an example. Let's say you build houses and there's a whole influx of people now who are getting into the building industry and they're starting their own businesses building houses. Well, that's great. But when you ask the right questions, you will find out what people's frustrations are. And so let's say you go around and you go to quote a job and this person says, well, you know, price is important to me. Okay, cool. Well, you've obviously got extra quotes. Well, yeah, I have. Okay, excellent. What's your biggest concern? And they say, well, you know, we want the job done properly. Okay, what else? We don't like working with people that we can't communicate with. Okay, excellent. What else? Once you get a list of those things, you can now charge a premium if you do those things. So for instance, you can go with a cheaper builder, but with a cheaper builder, you're going to get a reduction in quality. We do quality, but we're going to charge more for that. Then the person who is making the decision goes, hmm, do I want quality or do I want price? And so you start to differentiate yourself. Then you say, also what I'll do is I'll give you my personal mobile phone and you can contact me at any time. We only take on 10 clients per year and that allows us to communicate effectively. So what I'm gonna do is we're going to set up monthly meetings and every month we're gonna sit down for half an hour. We're gonna have a coffee and I'm gonna run through everything with you, the progress that we've gone through, what we're behind on or anything like that. We can discuss any topics, any changes that need to be made and we can communicate directly. Now, if you do that, because you're providing an extra value or you're providing an extra service, that's gonna be a little bit of extra value in the form of money. So you add that on. When you get good at listening to your customers and you listen to their fears, their concerns, and their worries, you can then start to charge a premium, especially if you solve those problems because the value increases. Now, are there gonna be people who wanna price shop? Yeah, that's fine. And this is the way that I started setting my prices. So what I found was that when I was too cheap, most people would ring up and they would say things like, I just want you as a one-on-one -on -one coach. Well, after a while, I didn't have enough time because I'm running events, I'm running seminars. There was a lot of people in the community that I need to look after. I'm growing a business, so I've got a team of people. And so I just didn't have the time to do the one-on-one -on -one work, but I was still getting an influx. 
So I thought, you know what, I still want to work with people who see the value that I produce, or if not, they can come to a seminar and event. Like if people want to work with me, they can work with me at a reduced price, but it's one to many, not one on one. And so once I set up our events like Thrive Time, you can come to that event and I'm still going to take you through mainly the same stuff that I do in a one-on-one coaching session. Because if you don't lay the foundations of what you really want to achieve, you're not going to get good results. An example of this was I had a person who was a very wealthy individual. They said, I want to do one-on-one coaching with you. I said, okay, well, here's the thing. I'd rather you come and do Thrive Time because I'm going to take you through the same stuff anyway. And they said, Michael, our privacy is important. We want to keep that privacy. We don't want people really to know who we are. So therefore, we will pay a premium for that. Now, they didn't say it in those words, but we're happy to pay a premium. So they essentially paid me $40,000 per year to work with them to essentially go through the same stuff that I went through at Thrive Time. That was it. So they paid a premium for my time because that time takes me out of the business. It takes me from getting new clientele and customers to our Thrive Time event. Now, for me to make $40,000, like Thrive Time is $2,500 per ticket. So in order for me to make $40,000 from Thrive Time, now, when I say I make $40,000, that's not what I make because the business makes money. We've got to pay tax on it. We've got to pay the room costs. We've got to pay printing costs. I've got to pay my customer service staff. I've got to pay the other stuff for the backend membership sites, for the membership hubs, for the bonus trainings that I do after you come to Thrive Time and you know the monthly webinars and all that sort of stuff or the bi-monthly webinars and things like that that I do for the community. But let's just say I've got to get 16 people in order to make $40,000. Now, that there, time-wise, is four days okay, to be able to run that event, plus staffing costs and all that. But it's 16 tickets I sell to make $40,000. Would I rather have 16 people come to Thrive Time or one one-on-one client? I would rather have 16 people come to Thrive Time because it's more people that I can help. But also as well, time for money-wise, it is way better for me because then I can be doing other stuff and adding more value into the community. So I can help more people and add more value by having more people come to our events. So what I did was I started putting up my prices. When I put up my prices, there was a threshold point where I knew that there were certain high-end individuals that would pay me the amount of money that I wanted to be paid to work with one-on-one. But it was also enough to keep the majority of people from having one-on-one coaching with me because I didn't want to have 51 one-on-one coaching sessions per week. That doesn't get me the best results and it doesn't get them the best results. Because for instance, if I'm going to charge, let's say I charge $300 per hour. I think that's a pretty good wage. It's fine. Let's say, so I charge $300 per hour. That person then pays $300, comes and sees me for one hour. They are way better off coming and doing Thrive Time and spending four days immersed in the environment of consistent learning where they put together their whole life map. They're going to get way better results in a way shorter time frame because of that immersion. So they're better off paying that than they are coming and seeing me for a couple of hours and spending that same amount of money. So let's just say they did 10 hours of one-on-one coaching with me. They're going to pay three grand. Whereas if they paid two and a half grand, they will get me for four days at a live event and you're going to get 30 plus hours and I'm going to take you through probably the same stuff. So it's better for the clientele and it's better for me to do it in a one-to-many situation where I'm teaching a bunch of people, not just me personally. If you're a business owner and you're wanting to grow your business, please make sure you head to Facebook and search for my No BS Business Hacks Facebook group. It's totally free and I share tips, tools, templates, and live trainings on all things sales, marketing, leadership, management, systemization, and more, as well as how to help you to perform at your best by optimizing your mindset as the business owner. So if you're a business owner, head across to Facebook via the link in the description of this podcast and join my free No BS Business Hacks Facebook group. So that's how I set my price. Now, sometimes people say, yeah, but I just want you as a one-on-one coach. And I go, okay, well, I can't do that unless you're prepared to pay that price. And they go, well, that's expensive. And I say, well, that's what it is. 
because of these reasons and I explain the value to them. Now, sometimes those same people go, oh, I, I really want one-on-one -on -one coaching. That's because they can't perceive how someone can solve their unique individual problems and they think they're the only fucking person on the planet with that problem. And so then they go and get a one-on-one -on -one coach. The thing is they're not working with me. And so they can go and work with a coach, but the majority of people aren't gonna get the same results because they just don't have the same depth of info. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't other coaches out there who are good. There are definitely plenty of coaches out there who are good but the majority of coaches aren't that good or they're new or whatever. So let's just say you hire a new coach and you're gonna pay them $150 per hour. That might take you a year to get the same results that you would learn in four days. So again, it's a time factor. You have to be able to justify the value that you charge, but also make sure that other people understand your value, but you have to know your own value first and what people get. I've worked with plenty of people who have gone and seen people for five, 10, 15 years, either in coaching or the mental health field or the psychology field. They come in and they do our Thrive Time event and bang, they get the results that they've been looking for. Why? Because I have the expertise in that area and I think that I'm half decent. Actually, I'm pretty fucking good at that area because I've dedicated my life to it. It's what I live for. So it made me really, really good at that one thing. Now, there are other things I'm not so good at, which I'd refer you to other people, but that's the space that I'm really good at. So that's what justifies the price. Now, if you're out there and you're trying to set your price, you need to know how to justify your price. And even if you work for someone, you need to know how to justify your price. People pay for value, they don't pay for work. I had someone recently that I disputed, I was working with someone who was really fucking shit at their job. And this was again, another marketing agency that I just, I'm sheerly disappointed with. We worked with them for six months. Now they told us for the first three months that they need to, you know, get everything set up and blah, blah, blah. And so I let them do that. Then the next three months, they just kept avoiding communication, effective communication. They changed the terms where we were supposed to have weekly meetings with them. And then they started avoiding it as of August last year. They were setting up their own marketing agency. So they went from being an individual to setting up a marketing agency, but they kept missing phone calls and they kept missing meetings that they had set. They were set on their end, not ours. We'd written plenty of emails letting them know that we need certain results delivered by certain times. And then now it's come back because we disputed it and we ended up getting our money back. But now, you know, we either have to go to court or they're just going to leave us because we've got our cash back. The communication is just really, really shit. Then we went and hired a different agency and that agency produced better results in the first three weeks. In fact, they almost 10x leads. So in six months with the other company, we got a couple of really good leads. The new company that we've got, we've got probably 20 to 30 book calls already. Now a couple of those are bought, a couple haven't so far, but the results are just night and day. What I'm getting at is that this individual here, when we went back and said, here are all the things that weren't delivered, they just went on this big long rant of like, well, yeah, but I did this and I did this and I did this. No one gives a shit what you do. They care about the outcome and the result. And so most people who work in a job are more worried about the tasks that they do than the results that they deliver and the value that they add to the company. Now, if I'm making a million dollars a year and I'm getting paid, let's say I'm a salesperson, I'm making a million dollars for the company and I'm getting, let's say, $100,000 per year as a paycheck. That's quite heavily negotiable because if I leave, essentially they're going to lose a million dollars a year if I leave. Now they might be able to put someone else in my place and take over that account, but they might drop a couple hundred thousand dollars by doing that. So you're in a good position there to renegotiate that contract. It might be like if I was a business owner, I would say, okay, cool. Well, how about we do this? How about we increase your wage? So we might even ramp it up to what's fair, 150, 200. But in saying that, what I need you to do is I need you to become more effective and more efficient. I need to take on some extra responsibilities. And then now we both win. So I get a better staff member who's producing more and taking on more responsibilities and accountabilities. But at the same time, I'm also getting potentially more sales and also they're getting more money. So it's a win-win. But they're producing an outcome. 
when you have a salesperson that goes, well, yeah, but I'm working 40 hours a week. As a business owner, I don't give a shit how many hours you work. I care about the outcome. The same as if you go to the doctor and you're sick, you don't give a shit about what the doctor does. You care about the outcome that is produced. Most people are so caught up on the time that they work and the hours that they work, not the actual shit that they produce. And most people don't even know what they're supposed to produce. So a lot of staff members won't go to their boss and go, how am I being judged? Like, how do you know that I'm valuable? You know, if you're in customer service, how do you know you're being valuable? If you're a manager, how do you know that you're valuable to the company? What specifically is it that makes you valuable? What puts cash in the door for the business? If you know that, you can always negotiate price. But if you don't know that and you're just sitting there, this is exactly what's happening right now with a lot of the big tech companies. They are firing tens of thousands of staff. Why? Because when everything's going well, they just tend to hire a lot of people and businesses do this all the time. They will hire more and more staff, more and more staff. And after a while, when things tighten up, they go, what the fuck does that person do? And they go, I don't know, fire them. What does this department do? Well, we don't know, fire them. Why? Because there's no clarity on the value that they produce. Whereas when it's easy to see the value that you produce, you know what you're being paid for. So if you're a staff member, make sure you ask that. If you work for somebody, make sure you ask. I've had staff come to me before and they'll say, you know, I've been here for two years. I think I'm entitled to a pay rise. And I go, okay, cool. Go and write me a list of all the extra value that you've created for the business. And when I say value, I need the dollar value of that. And not a made up dollar value like all these wankers do on their pages where it's like, $10 million worth of bonus value for this fucking one-page report. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying go and write down the legitimate money that you make for the company based on those extra bonus tasks. And the majority of the time they come back and they can't do it. Why? Because they don't know. And then I've had the conversation with staff members before where I'll say, look, you've been here for two years and you've just provided me an insight that you haven't been stepping up. You haven't been adding value to the company. You've been here doing stuff, but that stuff that you're doing isn't producing the results that we need. And so maybe I need to reconsider your role. I would rather get rid of someone after two years because they haven't done anything apart from the bare minimum. Now, why do I say this? Why am I so pricky about this? Well, because the thing is that you are employed to deliver an outcome, no matter who it is. And I hate this idea of business owners saying, or people saying, well, I want to start a business because I don't want a boss. You know, I've got a business now. I don't have a boss. Your clients are your boss. Like if I don't deliver results for our customers, then what the fuck are they paying for? They're my boss. I have to deliver outcomes and results. Why? Because they pay me. Money is the exchange of value. If they're not getting value, they're not going to keep paying. So they're not going to come back. If your boss is paying for you and they're a business owner, they're essentially paying you to deliver an outcome and a result. Now, for a lot of small business owners, they don't even, a lot of bosses don't even know why that person's there and what they really want from them. And so that can be challenging because if things get tight, those people will get fired. If you can understand the value that you produce, it's easy to understand the amount that you can ask for. So for instance, if you're building a house and the house is really good quality and most houses that are a certain type are at a certain price point, but you deliver better quality, you've got better communication, you have a better staff, the job will get done quicker, you can charge a premium. So you can add premiums on your prices off of the average price just by doing things more effectively, more efficiently, and understanding that there's a greater value there. And that's how you figure out your price. But normally it's a bit of a guessing game. You know, when an industry is going well, prices go up. When everything tightens up, prices may reduce a little bit. That's just the game. I really hope that this helps everyone out there to really establish the value that you produce on the stuff that you get paid for, whether you're a business owner or whether you're a staff member. Also, if you're a business owner, it will help you analyze the money that you pay to staff members. Because it is important to understand the value that is being produced from the work that you do, no matter whether you're an owner or not an owner. I hope that that helps navigate this conversation, Driven Mofos. 
Keep kicking goals. I really appreciate each and every one of you for listening in each and every day, learning, growing, and being better. You've heard me say this before. The reason why I do these episodes is that most people waste their life, and I just don't want you to be one of them. Keep crushing it, Driven Mofos. Mm-hmm.